Well, hello and welcome to episode 81 of the 1099 for the week of February 27th, 2017. I am your host, Josiah Renauden, and with me today is an actor from TV shows like Smallville, The Expanse, Supernatural, and a voice actor, maybe best known as Adam Jensen from Deus Ex, Elias Defexis. Elias, thank you so much for doing this today. How you doing? Oh, no problem. I'm good, man. I'm good. I can't complain. You make my job really easy in terms of trying to, like, find background information about you because you're one of the few people with a Wikipedia page. Uh, so before we actually get into TV or games, I, I noticed that back around 2001, you moved to New York uh, after getting a degree in theater to do some off-Broadway work. Uh, I have some background yeah. in theater, uh, so I couldn't help it. I had to ask this question about this because it interests me. Was your original goal back then to do plays and shows like was your actual idea like i'm going to get this theater degree and then get into broadway work or was that kind of a gateway into different types of acting well i mean i've always wanted to, i think when i when, i mean growing up i always wanted to be uh, in the movies or on television more in the movies than uh, anything like anybody else uh but i remember yeah. the first time i saw because I'm a, I'm a huge movie fan crazy you know, movie of fiction and not as they say um, and the first time I saw, you know, when I was a kid, I saw Star Wars and Indiana Jones. I was like, oh, how can I be a Jedi? How can I be a, uh, <laughs> an architect with a whip? And for me, that was just, going to <laughs> but, uh, the thing that changed it for me was when I saw, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Henry V. Mm-hmm. And I still remember where I was, I was sitting in the basement of my, my uncle's house. And he was a big, he's a big history buff. So he, he just had Henry V on. And I watched it and I was just mesmerized. I knew, I mean, I knew about Shakespeare and stuff. I knew about Hamlet. I was like, Henry V blew me away. And then that kind of started me on the path of studying about, uh, actual acting as opposed to just being in a movie. Um, and that took me into theater. So to long-windedly answer your question, it was never one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love theater. I love the live, uh, uh, the live feeling of it. I love feeding off of, of an audience. Uh, admittedly, it doesn't pay yeah. as well as television or film. Yeah. So I end up just doing a lot more TV, video games, film, voice work. For the time that you put in compared to the money you make, literally this way, if I get a theater gig here in Toronto or in LA, um, I'm putting in two months of work for honestly what in a week what I would make in a couple of days on a TV yeah. show. Uh, sometimes in a day on a TV show or a video game. So as much as I love it, I just go, okay, look, I'd rather spend the time with my kids. <laughs> I'd rather, uh, you know, I'd rather do this. I'd rather do this voice game that's going to take me every day, four hours every day. Uh, I mean, it's hard work, but it's, it's, um, the avenues for uh, having a life is much easier in, in, well, at least in voice work. In TV, if you're like a number one or number two on the call sheet, you're still working 17 hours. Yeah. So it's not really, that's not really what I'm doing. But I do miss theater. And occasionally when I, if I feel like I've made enough money for the year that I can take a month, mm-hmm. I'll try to get myself in a play somewhere. 
yeah and especially with theater you end up doing those like back to back to back shows like sunday matinee then something right after and it's it's consuming a lot of your weekends but if you do two shows saturday yeah it's 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 a lot to deal with and you know you do mention you have this appreciation for it and kind of the history of certain plays and stuff like that uh did you ever land kind of a dream role in a theater like did you ever have one of those like you know you had an appreciation for a certain play a certain uh even a musical and then actually land a role like that also maybe even more importantly did you ever get a singing role uh i well i had a singing role in in theater school we did a couple of of, uh, musical uh musicals in theater school but uh for me i wanted to like every actor should uh i wanted to play hamlet i did we did it in vancouver uh and we did it for about three weeks uh, we rehearsed for two months and we did the show for three weeks. And I felt like at the last week, I was just kind of getting a mm. grip. And by the time we closed, I still was like, I'm not really grasping everything yeah. in this character. But I was just getting it. If I had two more weeks, I think I would have mastered it. <laughs> but, you know, it was really, it was a great experience. You know, 15, 1600 lines. Hamlet has something like mm. that. Uh, doing all those classic models. Hamlet goes through every possible emotion you need to as an actor uh so i i yeah i, I loved it we got really good yeah um, yeah I, it, you made <laughs> it's something i'm passionate about too it's something that you know i i miss doing so as soon as i saw that on your wikipedia page i'm like i need to know like how far you got with this uh and everyone when you talk about acting there's always that when was your first big break but for you when did you have the first moment of oh shit, this could really be my career and I can pay my bills by doing this. And did, during that time, did you have to hire an agent? Like what was that process of not you know, breaking out, but finding comfort, understanding like this could be my career moving forward and I don't have to worry about bills nearly as much. Yeah, well, there's never, there's never comfort. Uh, yeah. Unless you're like a top tier actor, even, you know, even guys that you see in movies back to back to back to back, the comfort level is never... There. We're always hustling for work. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to be an actor and not do anything else for really only about eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even when I was doing Deus Ex, that was the first one. That was still kind of a job, and I was still, I think I was teaching acting to like kids at that point, asked to make ends meet and things like that. So, yeah. It, it was never really, only after I started, DSX got relatively popular and then Smallville and Supernatural and things like that, those kind of, you build, your resume starts building up and then your reputation starts building up. And then you are able to just get in more rooms, more audition rooms. And then you start realizing, I'll work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I'm starting to spend a lot more time in, in California to the point that I'm just going to be uh, moving there completely by the by the end of this year. Oh wow! I'm not, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, a lot of people say, oh wow, that's a big. But for me, it's always been, well, I'll work. You know, I do voice work, I do TV, I do film, I do uh, cartoons, I do video games, I do performance capture. Something is gonna show up, mm-hmm. and I'll be able to get it because I'm, you know, confident enough in my ability at this point, and I have enough of a reputation that I can get in to to the rooms I need to get into and meet the producers, casting directors, et cetera, that I need to meet. Now, to answer the other part of your question, 
yeah, you know, I started out, I was in, I was in Montreal, which is a very, which is where I grew up, which is a very small, uh, community of actors. Like, I know everybody. It's anything that shoots in Montreal, if you see any of the X-Men films, I know every actor in the X-Men films. Because they all shoot in Montreal, so all the small yeah. <laughs> actors from Montreal. Uh, but it's, it's a very tiny little group, so you have to do what you do in any city, is you get an agent. The way I got my first agent, he was a terrible agent. He came to see a play I did at theater school. And then he got me a couple of small auditions and they didn't pan out. And then a buddy of mine had an agent and we weren't really, uh, in competition with each other that much. So he was like, oh, meet my agent. And then I met him. And then a few months later, I booked a Canadian, a Canadian film. He was, it was a big role and he gave me enough money to, <laughs> I hate to say this, but to leave Montreal. <laughs> um, not that you know there are actors there that make great livings uh, and yeah. play good roles and a lot of video games are made there actually in all of North America Montreal is probably one of the busiest but oh know, yeah that's where we do Deus Ex um, but I, I just always felt like look if I want to get the roles to be bigger and like get my, I want to grow in my career I gotta I gotta get out of Montreal and uh, then I went to Vancouver and Toronto and LA and so uh, a lot of moving around. <laughs> a lot of moving around. Yeah, it sounds like it. And again, like, and you're not just moving around a lot. You're doing so many different formats. Like, do you have a favorite thing you do? Like, is it the TV? Is it games? I know you're involved in motion capture, which I'm fascinated by. Like, do you have, like, if you had to, you know, just choose one, buckle down and say, I just want to do one thing, do you have a preference? You know, for me, it's more about the, uh, the, the character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever the character is, I'd like to do. Like with uh, with Adam Jensen, we did all of the performance capture. So anytime yeah. you see him, it's me and my face and my voice all captured, <laughs> all captured at the same time. Um, and we did voice because a lot of times you don't see him. So it's when it's first person, obviously it's just my voice. Um, but I didn't care which one we were doing because I love playing that character. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just like I'm going to go play Jensen. If it's in the sound booth, if it's in the performance capture stage. I was happy with it. Uh, I love doing, doing television. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of if I'm allowed to talk about this yet. Oh, just say it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> well, so I, on The Expanse last year, I played a character, uh, on the show The Expanse. And it's a really good show. It's very well written. And, uh, I was, I was ecstatic to be a part of it. And my character at the end doesn't make it. He's like the last title of the show. Mm. Is him kind of getting devoured by this giant uh, molecule from Pokemon. Oh, God. So I was really upset because the show is really good. And then this kind of goes to your question. Is, so this year, I'm not, I'm not really spoiling it because next week is the episode where, where it shows up. This year, what I ended up doing was they called me back to performance capture uh, a, a creature. Oh, wow. So not the one that ate you, right? No, it's it's different. It's kind of a, it's not my character. Um, my character could be in there somewhere, yeah, in the consciousness of that creature somewhere. <laughs> but for the for the the truth of the matter is that it's not a character. They just called me because they knew I had this background in performance capture with all the games I've done, and so I got to be a part of the show again, kind of being the golem of the season. <laughs> um, and again, I'm ecstatic. So I don't yeah. really. I don't really care. I just, I'm glad. I don't really care what the, the way to be in the project is. As long as the project and the character is good, I'm happy to do it. 
Um, and the fact that I have all these avenues available to me is just, for me, it's like the best way I always describe when people talk about being an actor, I always say, think of it as like a contractor for your mm-hmm. house. Like somebody will call you and go, can you do the plumbing? And if you can do it, come in. Can you do the kitchen tiles? Yeah, I can do that too. Can you do the roofing? No, you better call somebody else for that. <laughs> but yeah. a contractor is just like that. It's like he waits for his job or her job. They wait. Somebody calls them. They do a job and they move on to the next job. And hopefully they can do all sorts of little things so they constantly are going, you know, are working in a constant rotation. Uh, that's what actors are. That's why yeah. I do voice and, and commercial voice and you know, performance capture and movies and television theater and whatever will pay my bills. I will do, uh, as long as it's not, you know, embarrassing character or something I vehemently don't believe in. But that's that hasn't. Yeah, I'm, but that means so you're used to you know moving from job to job, doing different things. And I was a freelancer for a long time. I have a contract job now, but I you know you get used to that. But when I move on from a job, it's like oh, I'm going to write somewhere differently. For you, when a character dies that you're playing, how do you? It sounds weird to ask how do you personally deal with that, but if you have a show you really, really enjoy and you said the, you love the writing and suddenly your character's gone, is that difficult to just step away? Because, of course, everyone watching the show who might like you is like, oh, it's a huge bummer that guy died. But for you, it's like that job is gone. That kind of family atmosphere with those different actors is gone. I'm away from this now. Like, What's it like actually dying in a show? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I've become kind of known as like the Sean Bean of the because <laughs> I die on everything I do. Uh, I really do. Like I'm, I, I could put together a death read. Like <laughs> it's probably out there. Long, just me dying. Um, so the dying part, I've kind of become used to it. Uh, the The Expanse was a special one to me because I really liked everything. Because I'm a big science fiction fan. Mm-hmm. And the show is so well written and it's about the characters and not about the spectacle and it's uh it's not dumb it's really smart it's not like just spaceship blowing stuff up it's, it's really good uh like i said character driven show so i was yeah. really wet <laughs> uh the, the thing is with that show i never knew where my character was going so i would get a script and then i'd talk to the writers and go well, what do you think's gonna happen next and they're like oh <laughs> i think we're gonna do this and this and this and I didn't know if I was going to even be in the next episode. Like, my character could have just vanished because it's not one of the leading characters of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, once his story was told, I thought maybe he, he would just then disappear. But they kept writing me uh, more stuff to do. And then one of them said to me, oh, you're going to love what we do in the last episode. You're the last shot of the whole show. It's going to be amazing. So I'm thinking, like, what am I going to float out into space? Maybe I can be okay next year. Or maybe, you know, I notice something and then I'll start next season. No, it's me dying. <laughs> and I was like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, as much as I'm used to dying on television, that one particularly hit me a little harder because I, I, I loved going to work. I, I was, you know, I know everybody, honestly, I know it's a cliche, but everybody on that show is so cool. And yep. Thomas James is, is, is such a badass. And all the, the the crew that I was with most of the time, every one of them, we were all buddies now. Uh, they're all really cool people. They're all happy that I came back for this uh, performance capture gig. And the producers and the showrunners, and the guy who's the, the showrunner of the Expanse, one of them, or both of them, Mark Mark and Hawk, these two guys wrote Iron Man and Children of Men. 
Mm-hmm. These wow. guys were like legit big yeah. timers, and they you could not find nicer, more humble guys. Yeah. No. Uh, so then it's fantastic that you're actually going back in some sort of capacity. Yeah. I mean, we, we I've shot that now, so if he comes back for season three, maybe they'll bring another creature. I think. He's like, yeah. I can't do. I can't go back just as myself anymore. They can get revived somehow. They can write that in. You never it's know. Not like back in the day, like on Smallville, five years ago, or more than that, uh, eight years ago, I played three different characters on Smallville because they wouldn't. They were. They didn't care. After yeah. two years, they would just bring me back as a different character. <laughs> it's like Law and Order, where you see like the lawyer is suddenly the cop and the million victim. But now, smooth film, uh, TV rather, is uh, so linear. All of the yeah. shows are linear. There's no more episodics. Even Law and Order, which is, you know, every week is a different case, they still have their linear story that goes through it. Yeah. Uh, so that won't happen anymore. So yeah, guys I... like me who bounce from show to show to show, it's, it's harder to get, uh, to do that. It's more, we have more opportunity to get a uh, role on a show that is five episodes rather than a role like I would do in Smallville, which would be the bad guy of the week who yeah. gets killed or thrown in jail. That stuff is gone. You know? And, you know, again, now you're doing more you know, motion capture with that. And that's something you also did in Deus Ex. And for you, like, how do you think in a game, actually doing the motion capture as well as the voice really brings a character to life? When we're at the point with where, where graphics are at, if you, sometimes you have too good of graphics but not too good of animation, you get that weird uncanny valley where it just doesn't match up. Do you think at this point with PS4, Xbox One, PCs where it's at, you almost need that motion capture for something that has kind of expansive story like Deus Ex to bring that character to life? I think so. I think if you're going to do a cinematics, uh, cinematic section to your game, Cutscenes, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Um, yes, I think you should. I, um, Criminal Past, which is our, our our latest DLC story for Mankind Divided, mm-hmm. came out today, and uh, um, I watched the opening scene, which we performance captured, and these guys are catching everything that I did. Little, at one point, I scratched my face because I thought <laughs> Jensen doesn't want to talk about this. So unconsciously, I think I just, you know, as an actor, you do kind of unconscious things. But I knew that Jensen wasn't comfortable. So I just scratched my face and they put it in the game. They put it, they animated it over me, scratching me, scratching my face. It worked so well. And you wouldn't get that. What you lose in animation is you don't have the actor's input. You have the actor's voice mm-hmm. and you animate to their voice. But when you have performance capture, you have their voice and the little body motions, the facial tics. There's one point in, in Mankind Divided where Jensen's thinking and I, I bite my lip. You know when you bite your lip when you think? Yeah. Uh, and they put it in. And it works so well. Oh, now, animators are, animators are genius. And they'll, you know, you watch the Pixar films and you feel the emotion of the characters. And they're just using voice acting. Uh, so it's possible. But I think that for if you're trying to make them look human, uh, that uncanny valley before that uncanny valley and stuff, then performance capture is the way to go, especially with games. And when you can capture little idiosyncrasies of the actors are doing, uh, I love it personally. Uh, also, it's a really fun day. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like an it's, it's like an eight it's an eight to five no matter what. 
from television. Where you get up six in the morning and you finish at ten thirty at night. Um, it's it's eight to five. You get there at eight. The crew, the computer guys, get there at nine. You're already suited up. Work all day, have an hour lunch. Go home at five because they leave at five and there's nobody to capture the information. So <laughs> you literally do an eight to five day and you do it all week and you love this. I love this. So for me, the more they put motion capture in the game. Because I heard there are a couple of companies that are now saying we're going to pull back on story and make more gameplay and multiplayer and things like that. And that's even not as an actor, just as a fan. I just mm. like, oh man, more stories. People latch on to characters, not just gameplay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's especially something like Deus Ex that has, you know, that rich history to it. It has, it's always been kind of narrative cinematic driven. And it's, how long does something like that take? Like for you, you mentioned it's not like you're not working till 1030 at night, but the amount of dialogue, especially in a game that, you know, you are always in it. You are always playing you. So you're constantly saying things and there's so many different choices. So when it branches, of course, you're, you're worried about like, well, we got to write dialogue for this. We got to write dialogue for if you say this, how long does a project of that magnitude take? And for you, did you have to just like get this big dusty book of Deus Ex lore and everything and read it beforehand? Like what's this whole process like? In the, admittedly in the first game, well, the first game took about four and a half years. Oh, geez. Uh, but it wasn't every day. We weren't, I wasn't there every day. They were working. But I wasn't there every day. It would be like twice a week I'd come in and do uh, four or eight hours. Um, but it took a long time. Actually, mm-hmm. that's even an exaggeration. It was like twice a, twice a month, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'd come in. So maybe that's why it took so long. But, and I did some motion capture. They weren't doing performance capture back then uh, for the first one. So that took a while too. This other one, it took a long time because they, at one point, we had a, story and we all weren't kind of super comfortable with it not the story the story was pretty much there but we weren't i didn't like some of the way things jensen was saying the writers didn't love some of the stuff that we were going so we kind of after doing about six months of work we went back and kind of redid everything mm. uh, which is a luxury when you square in too many hours but that's why this one took so long i think we had broken this one down a lot better. I knew the last game, obviously, and uh, they had given me the, the whole script ahead of time because last time I knew it. Last time I knew it, a lot of it was asking the writers, what's happening here and how can I... That's why I actually really like my performance in Mankind Divided, especially in the DLCs, uh, better than I did for Human Revolution. Because I knew the character better. I had more powers to make it a word, to make it a stronger word. I was able to express my opinions a lot better than I was back in Human Revolution because I yeah. won the first games. This one, it's like, look, you can't do the game without me, so it isn't even possible. And, <laughs> and that's not to say they wouldn't have anyway. They were very cool. And they all, they all took notes. A lot of times, because the writers in this game weren't necessarily the writers in the first game, so a lot of times they would say to me, is that, is that good? Does that sound like something Jensen would say? So they deferred me. Which was always blessing. And speaking of performance capture, when I knew they were making the new one and they asked me to come back, I said, "I'll only come back if you let me performance capture the character. I don't want anybody else doing it, and then me matching my voice to it, or them matching their performance to my voice. It has to be me, one hundred percent. And I'm five ten, and Jensen is six two, 
So they had to, they actually had to write some programming to stretch me. Oh my God. Uh, and the fact that they did that, I'll always be grateful because they didn't, they didn't have to. They could have said, no, we're going to get somebody who's 6'2 to do it. And they'll just match your voice. Like we did for, there's a character in it, uh, the kind of the main bad guy who's seven and a half feet tall. And the actor who played him, this guy James A. Woods, James A. Woods, he's a, a good friend of mine. He, you know, he's 6'2", but he's not, you know, he's a skinny 6'2". But his voice is great. So they use a wrestler when we perform his capture to do his body. And mm-hmm. he would just come in and do the voice. Um, but that kind of thing is, is getting less and less and less. They're now auditioning video games like films. You don't audition as voice anymore. You audition as an, as an actor uh, in a room with a camera and a director, just like you would for film or TV. Because yeah. they know they're eventually just going to performance capture a lot of it. I've, I know with some of that, with like Naughty Dog and Uncharted, I think right at... The last one they used, like, the same voice actors do all of the motion capture and everything like that. Yeah, but from a lot of people Last I talk to. Like Troy, Troy and Last of Us. The difference is, the only difference is, uh, with Last of Us, and I'm pretty sure with Uncharted 4, it's not a full performance capture. It's, mm-hmm. they capture the voice and they capture the body, but they animate the face. Okay. Uh, Troy didn't have his, like, a camera, a little mini camera pointed at his face. For Last of Us, they may have changed that for Uncharted. I don't have any actual info about that, but I know that for Last of Us, it was just the uh, motion capturing and voice, and then they animated the faces, which I, I think yeah. does a disservice. Wait, let me rephrase. I freaking love that. <laughs> so it doesn't do a disservice because they did an amazing job, but um, I think that if they film the act, if they film the actors and performance capture them. They can get the little tricks in the, as I said, that, uh, that the animators wouldn't have to improvise. Having said that, they probably filmed them with cameras and the animators animated to that film. If you understand, like they just filmed them like yeah. they would a film. And the animators probably looked at them and animated off of their reaction. So it's not full performance capture, but it's all their performance. It's it's amazing how far some of that stuff has come to. Like, I, I feel like it just suddenly out of nowhere, it's like, oh my god, this shit looks amazing, and everything looks way more natural. And yeah, like you said, games are being done more like movies than what they were, you know, done yeah. doing before. Some and, games. I mean, you get you got guys yeah. like Telltale, who I also have a huge fan, which is great, beautiful kind of comic book animation. Uh, so you're always gonna have those. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it depends. Some actors are, it depends if you're shooting for you know photorealism or like you said more exactly. of a comic book yeah. art style or something like that. And speaking of photorealism and speaking of Naughty Dog and Uncharted, you look at someone like Nolan North, who's very well known as a, as a voice actor, and it seemed like for a while everyone saw new characters who were voiced by Nolan North as oh hey it's another Nathan Drake, uh, and that just became the thing where every new Nolan North character was oh it's Nathan Drake is in this other brand new game, which is Do not you... true. Like if you. If you think before you ask your question, let me just defend Nolan. If you think like you go to like watch the Arkham games and you hear Penguin, mm-hmm. that's Nolan. So nothing like yes. Nathan Drake. Yeah, he's, totally. He's a wonderful voice actor. So that kind of bugs me. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like where it seems like, of course, he has range and he's talented. And like, I, f- who knows? Like, 
it was like one or two games. I forgot the name of it. It was a Capcom game that came out where it just sounded like him. But otherwise, there are plenty of games I bet you'd be like, hey, this is Nolan North. You have no idea. But for you, because uh, people know your voice as Adam Jensen, do you run into that problem at all where maybe on certain games that you would do otherwise, people just think like, oh, it's it's Adam Jensen. Like, is your voice now so tied to him that it's actually a detriment? Uh, Yes and no. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> completely because <laughs> uh you know i've lost i've lost work because jensen has become kind of a, you know he's, he's been thrown into this cult status of video game characters so people are like well i don't want my leading actor to sound like another company's um, character the the trick is and this probably happened with Nolan too is for the most part and, and i'm glad this is changing but for the most part when you get a video game protagonist they want a male cool guy mm-hmm. right that's what they want and they want a norm my normal voice is my adam jensen granted jensen is you know he's a little more kind of quieter and down here my normal yeah. voice is pretty much him you hear me you can you know that i play him people like the funniest thing is when the expanse airs and you see tweets going, why is Adam Jensen talking on the <laughs> Like that kind of stuff happens all the time. So a lot of times companies will come to me and say, okay, so we want this character and he's a, a 25 or 30 year old uh, white guy, kind of cool, kind of like no devil may care attitude. That's just my voice. There's nothing I can do about that. No, if, if no one does that voice, it's going to sound like Nathan Drake. Right? Yeah. I played a character in Far Cry Primal. I played the lead in that game, and that also it was just it was just gent- it was my voice, but speaking a made up language that they wrote. Um, and a lot of times you're like, it's like Caveman Jensen. A lot of people said that it's Caveman Jensen on this game. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm doing a game now where I don't sound like me at all. Uh, if you go back to like Assassin's Creed Two, where I played Federico. Uh, which was uh, Ezio's brother. Didn't sound like me at all. I, there's a whole bunch of games that people aren't going to know it's me because, much like Nolan North and the Penguin, people don't people don't realize it. They're playing the game and going through it. They're like, oh, that was him. That's amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that. Even yeah. me, when I played the game when it was over and I looked at the cast, I'm like, oh, man, that was Nolan. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there's absolutely like... So it's there, but the problem is what it does eliminate is that character, the regular 25-something guy who's supposed to sound normal, that character's gone for me. Mm. I'll never be able to play that character. Which I guess, to a certain extent, might be kind of a fun challenge for you, where you you don't use standard voice in certain projects. You have to kind of think outside the box and try something entirely new to differentiate that from Adam Jensen. Yeah, but the, the thing is, they don't, they don't, the companies don't want you to do that. Yeah. So if I'm brought in and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to sound like this for this guy. Okay. I'm going to sound, I'm going to do maybe a Joe Pesci thing. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, uh, we just want kind of a normal guy, like a normal, cool voice like yours. And then somebody who's casting it doesn't know Adam Jensen will present it to the video game company. And they'll go, that's Adam Jensen. I don't want anyone to do that. Right? So that's going to happen. Whether I, there's nothing I can do. About it. Uh, the fact is, Adam Jensen has opened up a lot of doors for me. So, any ones that it's uh, doors that it's closed, I'll accept it. 
it's not that big of a deal. I'm getting in those rooms and I'll play other characters. Yeah. Uh, do you at all feel weird when you play games where you are a leading character? Like a lot of people don't like to watch themselves on TV or hear themselves let's say in an interview or something like that, do you ever have the moment where you're suddenly playing Deus Ex and you're like, oh, this this feels weird where I'm just listening I'm, to myself constantly. Is there any cringe factor for you? I'm sure I did. The cringe factor is in performance. Mm-hmm. Like I'll find something where I'm like, I don't like where I did. I don't like what I did. Or why did they use that tape? Or something like that. Um, it's not really in, in this is weird. I'm sure I had that moment the first time I played a game that I was in. Uh, but I... Yeah, I I don't remember it, but for most for most like I'll go back and play the games that I did a dozen years or half a dozen years ago, and there's one like why did I make that choice? It's so bad. <laughs> um, but I do that with everything and every interview. Yeah, uh, and I don't want to keep it too much longer. I know you have to leave soon, but um, I did want to know how much research do you do in a game before, or even just a TV show or otherwise before you actually take a role? Uh, are you one of those people who's kind of like you know, I you know want to stay busy, do as much as possible. Or is, are you choosy at this point in your career where you want to make sure you believe in, let's say, the studio, or uh, you mentioned the expanse and the, the the writing team behind it was are uh, really well, you know, experienced and had names to them. Do, do you kind of look at it that way? In a way, yes and no. Like no, in the way like look, I just want to work, so I'm working. Uh, Yes, in the way. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. The other day, I can tell you the show. The other day, I auditioned for a show for a character I wasn't too keen on to begin with, mm. uh, and I forgot about it. And then yesterday, my agent called and said, "Look, uh, the director likes you not for that character, but for this other character, and it's like a journalism kind of show, like a gang of journalists." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "He's in three episodes." I'm like, "Oh, three episodes, okay." And then I'll, I'll send you the I'll send you the episodes. And the guy has like three lines. He sits around, doesn't really say anything. Throws in some exposition. And I was like, No, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, it's three episodes. It's a pretty big show. I'm like, yeah, but it's not gonna help my career. My agent had a really good piece of advice for me a few months ago. He said, When you're gonna accept the job, accept an acting job, you look at three things. And one is, Is it gonna help my career? Two is, Do I need the money? Three is it a, is it a really good role that you yeah. just want to experience as an actor? And if you answer no to all three of those, don't take it. So <laughs> that's my, you know, that's my litmus my litmus test. I look at those three things, and if if I don't think any of those are going to work, there's one thing about actors. I don't know if, if you have a lot of actors that listen to the podcast, but um, what people don't realize is that when you're on a show. Like, <laughs> here's a good example. There was a, a movie that shot in Montreal a few years ago with uh, Paul Giamatti. It was called mm-hmm. Barney's Version. Paul yeah. Giamatti and Dustin Hoffman. And it was really good, really good movie. And I went in and I auditioned for the role of Dustin Hoffman's son. It was like 15 pages. And I did the role, I did the audition, did the whole thing. And the casting director, who I knew really well, said to me, you know what? We auditioned you for this, but I'm, I gotta tell you the truth. It, it looks like it's gonna go to, I believe it was Dustin Hoffman's actual son. Like he's gonna play the role. <laughs> Hard to beat that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, it, it was a good audition and whatever is, 
always good to keep your acting chops going, so fine with anything. And then I got a call from my agent going, they, they want you to come in and read for something else. And I said, oh, great, what? And like, it's Paul Giamatti's assistant. I said, okay, what's the role? And I looked at the role, and literally the line was, uh, hey, Jim, or whatever his name was, the phone's for you. And that was it. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, I just did 15-page audition, and you want me to audition for that? Yeah, I really. said, I can do that. And second of all, no, I'm not doing that, even if you offered <laughs> me the part. I'm not doing it. And my agent was fighting with me about it. He said, look, this is a really big movie. You should be in there. This is what people who don't work as actors don't understand. Is when you are not one of the main parts of the story, you are part of a machine. Yeah. You go in there and you're supposed to do say your line, sit, sit on your mark, go home. You don't get to hang around with Paul Giamatti. You don't get to hang around with the director. If you're not playing a legitimate character, it's just a job that you go in and do and go home. Yeah. So I don't even remember what my point was. <laughs> my point, <laughs> I got mad thinking about that. It was like six years ago. Uh, but I think my point is that acting is, is a job and mm. you're, you're part of a big piece of machinery. And if you're not a big part of that machinery, you don't, you get churned in and out. So that was my thing. If the yeah. role, if the role is something where I know I'm going to show up, nobody's going to talk to me but the assistant director and, and put me in my place, not put me in my place in a prerogative way, but I mean like just put me in my place literally, sit there, say your line and then go home. I'm not going to do it. I don't care how much money they pay me. It's not worth it. Yeah, there's not a lot of actual benefit to like how is this actually going to advance your career? Exactly. And you, maybe you're going to be next to these actors that everyone knows, and you're going to be in a movie that grosses a lot. But at that point, it's like, is anyone going to remember the assistant? Like, is anyone going to be like, did you remember that one line the assistant delivered? Like, that dude needs to be in a bigger role moving forward. Like, yeah. I think it'd probably be a, a better, you know, maybe risk isn't the right word, but better option to take you know, smaller movie, but bigger role and hope like, look, if this gets like indie success or people see what I do in this role, that's way better than getting money for, you know, grabbing someone coffee on this set. Yeah. But keep in mind, I'm speaking as an, as an actor who, even at that point, which was six years ago, I had a good amount of experience. Now I have a great amount of experience. Yeah. And, and with a big resume, it's like almost insulting that you would often <laughs> be that, that role. Now, actors that are starting out definitely do all because you never know who you are going to meet and maybe talk to. But once you've established yourself, uh, yeah, you know, it, that's the only thing that can turn out. Roles that aren't going to help me through my career. I don't know if that came off like as a pompous jackass, but that's... No, 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 I... 100% understand that. As I started to write more and get more gigs and you go from freelance to full-time, I remember getting offers from smaller sites and you can't. you have that moment of like is this actually going to advance me or is this just going to be a paycheck? Is this actually worth yeah, it? You, so I told well, you're a writer. You, you know Harlan Ellison, right? Yes. There, yeah. There's a wonderful thing on YouTube. He's one of my favorite science fiction writers. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen it. There's a wonderful thing on YouTube that called Pay the Writer by Harlan Ellison. Mm -hmm. And it's just a little like two-minute thing of him telling a story about how somebody wanted him to do an, to, uh, do an interview. And he said, okay, you got to pay me. And they're like, what? Why do we have to pay you? And he's like, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> that's how, that's how he is, right? And you have to watch it. Look it up. Harlan Ellison pay the writer. No, I'll absolutely do that. Because he's saying, because the writers don't realize that they need to be paid. Everybody works for free. 
and then everybody thinks they can get every writer for free. It's it's the worst part is you get everyone just gets so used to that. So suddenly you're yeah. just asked to do things and you're like, wait, why? No, it's like, no, just because someone else trying to get that exactly. experience to get to that point is taken for free. It doesn't mean me who's done the work already that I'm going to keep doing this stuff for free. Like, exactly. you got to so value apply that exact same thing to act. 100%. Once you've established yourself, yeah, there's no, there's no point in doing Yeah. Uh, and now that you do have this resume, now that you've are experienced, looking at everything you've done, uh, I think Adam Jensen's probably the easiest answer, but do you personally have a favorite role? Like from TV to games to motion capture to even theater looking back, you've been in Far Cry Primal, Assassin's Creed, uh, I think you had a role in Splinter Cell, I Am Alive, a whole bunch of other things. Is there something that really stands out to you? Maybe even that was smaller, but personally you're like, that was an awesome thing I did. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I really, uh, I know this, I've already talked about, but I really liked the expanse. I love the character on that show. Mm-hmm. I wish I really had. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love Jensen. He's always going to be close to my heart. Um, I really like Coben from Splinter Cell. Yeah. Uh, because he's such a psychopath. <laughs> Even when it was a really interesting experience with Coben for me because I, I played him in two games. And in the first game, the mandate was he's high on coke all the time. <laughs> what a mandate. And so every scene was like crazy, going nuts, yelling and screaming. And then, and then when they brought him back in the second game, he's not anymore. He's just, he's, he's a prisoner of, of Sam Fisher. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out how to take crazy manic characters and turn him into a not crazy manic character who used to be crazy. Oh manic. God. It was really an interesting thing. And I, I, I think I did it because I really love that character. I love. Splinter on Blacklist. I love working on that game. I can do I'm a big stealth fan. I love yeah. stealth games. Um, so, I loved Kobe. He, he's another guy that I wish, I don't know if they'll ever make another Splinter Cell game. I don't know if they, even if they do, if they'd ever bring uh, Kobe. Well, this time it'll be on meth. They'll keep ramping it up. Like Now yeah, he's come ramping. back to drugs. <laughs> Be an alcoholic. Slow him down even more. <laughs> Uh, yeah, hopefully that's that's the next step for you is just alcoholic meth guy from Splinter Cell. I'll, I'll look for that one. Uh, this is the real last thing. Uh, so what are you working on this year that you can actually talk about? And where can people find you, either your website or social media? Uh, that I can actually talk about. Uh, I can talk about Redacted. <laughs> redacted. Uh, that's about it. Uh, I'm doing a TV show, which I can't say. And I'm doing a, a new a big video game where I'm playing... For sure, two, maybe three different characters. Oh my god! This is a huge and this is redacted too. Yeah, totally. Oh god, damn it! Yeah. No, you saw. The funniest thing about video games is you sign an NDA mm-hmm. before you audition, and then the the sides, the script they give you audition with, is from some movie that's already out. There. Really? Like, like the uh, they'll give me like a few good men to read, <laughs> and I'm like, I go what? I understand what you're trying to do because the character's supposed to be like this character. But why did I have to sign an NDA? Even if I wanted to, I couldn't. Yeah, you cannot talk about a few good men to anyone. <laughs> yeah. No one can know. So I've signed so many NDAs at this point. So yeah, so a couple of those that I can't find. But the only thing I say, check out, I mean, uh, today or at least on the 23rd, I don't know when you're airing this, but the 23rd of February, um, Criminal Pass came out. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a really good DLC. It's really good. It's um, it's 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 a good length 
and it's uh, very new for Jensen. He's a, he's a prisoner in, in a giant prison, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, you kind of lose your arms, and it's it's really it's a really good cool DLC. And like I said, the performance capture in it is really good. I'm really happy with it. Um, and the Expanse. I mean, if you haven't watched the Expanse, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, great. It's on my list then. I will add that. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, the first season. The second season is on uh, Sci-Fi. You can probably go to their website and, and catch up. Uh, episode 5 aired uh, last night, and there's 13 episodes this season. And, uh, yeah, the, the performance capture gig that I, that I have in that, I think, shows up on Wednesday. Awesome. And then kind of sporadically throughout the season until the finale. All right. That's it. And then just, you know, Twitter. Just my name. Alright, great. Well, I can't wait, can't wait to, uh, go watch The Expanse, watch you die on it, and then watch you come back as motion capture. It'll be exciting. Uh, Elias, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I, I, I love the Deus Ex games. I played the living hell out of the last two, and I'm super happy they're doing DLC for it, especially like DLC that is, you know, really significant and try something different. So that's really great to see. So yeah, and I can't wait yeah, to. I think actually see your 18 redacted roles for the rest of the year and moving forward. <laughs> All right, Zach, thanks, man. All right. Thanks so much. And thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.